0: THE CHILDREN OF LOKI The children of Loki and the witch Angerboda, were not as the children of men. They were formless as water or air or fire is formless. But it was given to each of them to take on the form that was most like to their own greed. Now the dwellers in Asgard knew that these powers of evil had been born into the world and they thought it well that they should take the forms and appear before them in Asgard. So they sent one to Yonvid, the Iron Wood, bidding Loki bring before the gods the powers born of him and the witch Angrboda. So Loki came into Asgard once again, and his offspring took on forms and showed themselves to the gods. The first, whose greed was destruction, showed himself as a fearful wolf. Fenrir he was named, and the second, whose greed was slow destruction, showed himself as a serpent, Jormungand, it was called. The third, whose greed was for withering of all life, took on a form also. When the gods saw it, they were affrighted, for this had the form of a woman, and one side of her was that of a living woman, and the other side of her was that of a corpse. Fear ran through Asgard as this form was revealed, and as the name that went with it, Hela, was uttered. Far out of the sight of the gods, Hela was thrust. Odin took her and hurled her down to the deeps that were below the world. He cast her down to Niflheim, where she took to herself power over the nine regions. There in the place that is the lowest of all, Hela reigns. Her hall is Alvidnir. It is set around with high walls and it has barred gates. Precipice is the threshold of the hall. Hunger is the table within, care is the bed, and burning anguish is the hangings of the chamber. Thor laid hold of Jormungand. He flung the serpent into the ocean that engirdles the world. But in the depths of the ocean Jormungand flourished. It grew and grew until it encircled the whole world, and men knew it was the Midgard serpent. Fenrir the wolf might not be seized upon by any of the Asir. Fearfully, he ranged through Asgard, and they were only able to bring him to the outer courts by promising to give him all the food he was able to eat. The Asir shrank from feeding Fenrir, but Tur, the brave swordsman, was willing to bring food to the wolf's lair. Every day he brought him huge provisions and fed him with the point of a sword. The wolf grew and grew until he became monstrous and a terror in the minds of the dwellers in Asgard. At last the gods in council considered it and decided that Fenrir must be bound. The chain that they would bind him with was called Ledon. In their own smithy the gods made it, and its weight was greater than Thor's hammer. Not by force could the gods get the fetter upon Fenrir. So they sent Skirnir, the servant of Frey, to beguile the wolf into letting it go upon him. Skirner came to his lair and stood near him, and he was dwarfed by the wolf's monstrous size. How great may thy strength be, mighty one, Skirner asked. Could thou break this chain easily? The gods would try thee. In scorn Fenrir looked down on the fetter Skirner dragged. In scorn he stood still, allowing leading to be placed upon him, then. With an effort that was the least part of his strength, he stretched himself and broke the chain, too. The gods were dismayed, but they took more iron, and with greater fires and mightier hammer blows, they forged another fetter. Dromi, this one was called, and it was half again as strong as lading was. Skirner, the venturesome, brought it to the wolf's lair, and in scorn Fenrir let the mightiest chain be placed upon him. He shook himself, and the chain held. Then his eyes became fiery, and he stretched himself with a growl and a snarl. Dromi broke across, and Fenrir stood looking balefully at Skirnir. The gods saw that no chain they could forge would bind Fenrir, and they fell more and more into fear of him. They took counsel again, and they bethought them of the wonder-work the Dwarves had made for them, the spear Gumnir, the ship Skid-Bludnir, the hammer Mjolnir. Could the Dwarves be got to make the fetter to bind Fenrir? If they would do it, the gods would add to their domain. Skirnir went down to Swartheim with a message from Asgard. The Dwarf chiefs swelled with pride to think that it was left to them. To make the fetter that would bind Fenrir. We dwarves can make a fetter that will bind the wolf, he said. Out of six things we will make it. What are these six things? Skirner asked. The roots of stones, the breath of a fish, the beards of women, the noise made by the footfall of cats, the sinews of bears, the spittle of a bird. I have never heard the noise made by a cat's footfall. Nor have I seen the roots of stone, nor the beards of woman, but use what things you will, O helper of the gods. The chief brought his six things together, and the dwarves in their smithy worked for days and nights. They forged a fetter that was named Hletnir, Smooth and soft, a silken string it was. Skirnir brought it to Asgard and put it in the hands of the gods. Then a day came, and the gods said that once again, they would try to put a fetter upon Fenrir. But if he was to be bound, they would bind him far from Asgard. Lingvi was an island that they often went to make sport, and they spoke of going there. Fenrir growled that he would go with them. He came and he sported in his own terrible way. And then, as it were, to make more sport, one of the Aesir shook out the smooth cord and showed it to Fenrir. It is stronger than you might think, mighty one, they said. Will you not let it go upon you that we may see you break it? Fenrir, out of his fiery eyes, looked scorn upon them. What fame would there be for me, he said, in breaking such a binding? They showed him that none in their company could break it, slender as it was. Thou only art able to break it, mighty one, they said. The cord is slender, but there may be an enchantment in it, Fenrir said. Thou canst not break it, Fenrir, and we need not dread thee any more, the god said. Then was the wolf ravenous wroth, for he lived on the fear that he made in the minds of the gods. I am loth to have this binding on me, he said. But if one of the Asir will put his hand in my mouth, as I pledge that I shall be freed of it, I will let you put it on me. The gods looked wistfully on one another. It would be health to them all to have Fenrir bound. But who would lose his hand to have it done? One and another of the Aesir stepped backwards, but not Tur, the brave swordsman. He stepped to Fenrir, and laid his hand before those tremendous jaws. Not thy left hand, thy sword hand, O Tur, growled Fenrir, and Tur put his sword hand into the terrible mouth. Then the cord Hleipnir was put upon Fenrir. With fiery eyes he watched the gods bind him. When the binding was on him, he stretched himself as before. He stretched himself to a monstrous size, but the binding did not break off him. Then, with fury, he snapped his jaws upon the hand, and Tyr's hand, the swordsman's hand, was torn off. But Fenrir was bound. They fixed a mighty chain to the fetter, and they passed the chain through a hole they had bored through a great rock. The monstrous wolf made terrible efforts to break loose, But the rock and the chain and the fetter held. Then seeing him secured, and to avenge the loss of Tyr's hands, the god took Tyr's sword and drove it to the hilt through his under jaw. Horribly the wolf howled, mightily the foam flowed down from his jaws. The foam flowing made a river that is called Von, a river of fury that flowed on until Ragnarok came, the twilight of the gods.